shit. You are now tuned in to the hottest sports podcast on the internet, Up in Flames, brought to you by your boy, Mo Murphy. This is where you will hear some of the hottest takes in the most raw and uncut fashion, baby. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo Murphy, back with another episode of the Up in Flames podcast. So today I'm going to talk about the thing to talk about, which is day one of NFL free agency. It was a crazy day, but for those of y'all that know me, know that I'm a huge Cowboys fan, so where I'm going to start off is the moves that the Cowboys made as far as franchise tagging Dak Prescott and signing Amari Cooper to a long-term deal. Now, there's a lot of people that feel like Dak Prescott was done wrong by getting franchise tagged and not getting a long-term deal. And I understand all that, but even under the franchise tag, he's still making $31.5 But nobody can say Dallas didn't make an effort to secure him long-term. They offered him a contract worth $33.5 million per year, which would have been the highest per year of any of the quarterbacks. They offered him where it would have had $105 million fully guaranteed. So they can't say that we didn't do our due diligence in trying to secure Dak Prescott for the long term. But at the same time, Dak Prescott's camp tripping. Them them dudes think that Dak Prescott is worth $40 million, $38 million in that ballpark. I'm sorry. Ain't no way in hell I'm paying no damn Dak Prescott, no 38, 39, 40, 37, 36, none of that. That 33 and a half was a solid number for me. Ain't no way in hell I'm paying Dak Prescott. That type of money per year. He's done nothing. He has done nothing for me to say that he deserves 37, 38, 39 million dollars a year. We already had to let go of Byron Jones, which we'll get into that later about where he went. But we already had to let go Byron Jones. And it was going to be a struggle to sign Dak and keep Amari Cooper. So therefore, anybody who thinks that Dak Prescott should have been paid 37 38 million it's not you can't have that next man up mentality the man's not a top 10 quarterback i love the cowboys and dak prescott's a good quarterback he's not a great quarterback he's not a top 10 quarterback so therefore i'm not gonna sit here and pay him 37 38 39 million dollars when we know we gonna regret getting up under that contract later on so here's the argument for everybody that say he's worth it oh last year he had 4902 yards 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yeah, that sounds great and all. You know, that sounds like if you don't read deep into it, then it sounds like, oh, man, Dak Prescott had a career year. Let's also talk about the fact that in that career year that he had with the second best passing offense in the NFL, we also went 8-8. Eight and eight. It's not solely on Dak Prescott, but at the same time, you can't sit here and tell me that Dak didn't have something to do with it. A lot of his stats were dead stats. Matter of fact, let's take a look at it. So, his first three games against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. Giants, he throws for 405 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Redskins, he throws for 269, three touchdowns, one interception. Miami, he throws for 246, two touchdowns, one interception. Okay, the first three games, we started off 3-0. and It looked great. Yeah, we could be a Super Bowl team. This is the team that they were talking about could get us to a Super Bowl this year. We looked great against three terrible teams that didn't make it to the playoffs. Then we go play... We go down to New Orleans. You telling me we lose that game 12 to 10. Dak Prescott threw 
No touchdowns. He had 223 yards, but he threw no touchdowns and a pick. Okay, boom, there goes a playoff team against Green Bay. Don't read too deep into the stats because he threw for 463 yards, threw for three picks. He also threw for two touchdowns. But them 463 yards was after the fact that all we did in the second half was throw the ball because we was down 31-3. to You know what I mean? So you're going to be slinging the ball the whole time to try and come back. We made a little bit of a push, made a little bit of a comeback. You know, then against the Jets, the Jets of all people, like of all the games we were supposed to win, that game would have got us in the playoffs. Against the Jets, you throw for no touchdowns against the Jets? The Jets was sorry as hell. That was Sam Darnold's first game back. We were supposed to blow them boys out the water. Next, next great game. Against the Giants again, 257 yards, three touchdowns, still throws a pick. Then you play against Minnesota at home. You play against Minnesota out at home, and you get outdueled by Kirk Cousins. But you want to sit here and tell me you get outdueled by Kirk Cousins, who has been nothing but a bad contract since he's been in an overpaid bad contract that's going to continue to get paid for some reason. But you mean to tell me you couldn't outduel Kirk Cousins? But you want to sit here and tell me you worth thirty-seven, thirty-eight million dollars? No, ain't no way in hell. Let's look at another game against Buffalo. 355 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Guess what? We lose that game. Against New England, 212 yards, no touchdowns, a pick. Against these playoff teams, Dak is not producing what we need for him to produce. His best game of the year was, was game one against the Giants. I mean, if you want to statistically say his best game was against the Packers, that's cool. But if you really watch that game, you know, he even threw for 444 yards against Detroit. But... That was against Detroit. He played great against bad teams. We couldn't even, he couldn't even play great against Chicago. The Bears, really? The Bears? He really didn't even play great against the Rams, and that was probably the best team that we beat. But that was all on the back of Ezekiel Elliott that game. So I'm sorry. I'm just one of those. I'm not a big believer in overpaying because that's what the market demands. I'm sorry. I'm just not that type of person. So, therefore, you know, I'm glad we franchise tag Dak. And I won't be mad at him if he decides not to play because at the same time, a $31.5 million is going to be way more than the $2 million he made this year. And he's overplayed his his draft stock. So, we definitely, you know, I definitely understand that. But at the same time, just because you overplayed your draft stock in the past four years, we've had you for a cheap price does not mean that we have to pay you for all the years of production that you gave us. We got to overpay you. So I'm not a big I'm not a big taker on that. But I'm also glad Dallas went ahead and secured Amari Cooper 5 years, 100 million. You know, hey, Cruz, damn you, cuz your boy your boy the Redskins tried to sneak Amari Cooper away from us and they offered him more money than we did. But Amari Cooper meant what he meant when he said he wants to be a Cowboy for life. To me, honestly, Amari Cooper was a big reason and why if we were to lose Cooper, I wouldn't even want Dak. Dak, Dak was decent, but when Amari Cooper got there is when the Cowboys looked like a rolling offense. So in my mind, we had to keep Amari Cooper. He was very key in our success. Another big thing that I want to talk about is the fact that that boy, Derrick Henry, got franchise tag. Derrick Henry got franchise tag and Ryan Tannehill got paid for the long term. If that ain't the craziest shit I'd have never heard, you telling me Derrick Henry, the guy that ran you to AFC Championship, not Ryan Tannehill who threw you to nothing, Derrick Henry beat the Patriots. Derrick Henry 
beat the Ravens. Derrick Henry went up on the Chiefs. Like, it was all solely Derrick Henry. He put the team on his back and ran them to an AFC championship. But you franchise tag him, and you keep Ryan Tannehill, who, based off of eight games, because the man was trash in Miami. Let's not act like this man, like, they got the up-and-coming of Jesus from Miami. This man was trash, ass-cheeks in Miami, and you decide to keep him based off of an eight-game performance what he did in eight games in the regular season when really look at what Derrick Henry did. You franchise tag Derrick Henry. Come on, man. He You, you got to secure him for the long term. And I get it. The shelf life for running backs isn't as long as it is for quarterbacks and all that. And I do understand that. But come on, man. You, you, you got to keep Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? That's just something that I just had to throw in there. And the breaking news of day one of free agency wasn't even a free agency signing. It was the damn Texans. It was Bill O'Brien at it again with some dumb shit. He traded DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. Traded Hopkins in a fourth round pick to Arizona for David Johnson, a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, what in the hell was you thinking? DeAndre Hopkins? You traded DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona and you didn't get a first round pick? But here's where it really looks dumb because Stefan Diggs was traded to Buffalo. Diggs in the seventh round pick. The Vikings got a first, a fifth, and a sixth in this year's draft. And they got a fourth in 2021. So you mean to tell me all you could get David Johnson, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick? This is the same David Johnson that's been injured and got his spot took by Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, we talking about Kenyon Drake, that's who he got his spot took by, so now you think you wanted to secure a running back, so therefore you want to trade DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson's security blanket, like that's who you going to trade, DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth round pick to get David Johnson a second round pick and a fourth round pick, listen, if I could start a petition for Bill O'Brien to get fired, Trust and believe I would fire him as the head coach, fire him as a GM, fire him away, fire him, keep him away from the NFL because ain't no way in hell I would have traded no damn DeAndre Hopkins and not get a first round pick out of it. So you telling me Arizona gets DeAndre Hopkins and still keeps the number eight pick in the draft? Who knows what they gonna do? Who knows what they gonna do with that draft? I could very well see Cliff Kingsbury being a big. Big guy on a high power offense going out there and getting CD Lamb, you know, somebody familiar with Kyler Murray. But at the same time, I would, you know, I would keep it safe, do the safety blanket, and at number eight, draft the best offensive lineman that's available at number eight. But listen, back to Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, you, you gotta get the hell up out of here. I'm sorry. That that trade was one of the worst trades in any type of sports I've seen in a minute. Honestly, I mean, if y'all feel any different, if there's another trade that you can tell me that was worse than that, then, you know, I'm definitely here to listen. But that trade was absolutely terrible. Bill O'Brien should be fired. And then we sit here and drug test all the damn athletes for smoking weed. But we ain't drug testing some of these GM for smoking crack. Come on, man. You got a drug test for something. He off PP or them good herbs or something. Because, come on, man, that, that was the worst trade in the damn NFL that I've seen in a while, let alone that was one of the worst trades I've seen in a while in sports, period. But enough of Bill O'Brien. I'm going to stop attacking Bill O'Brien. Let's go to some of the power moves that the Dolphins made. Dolphins signed Byron Jones to a record deal. Five years, $82.5 million, $57 million guaranteed. And hence, that is the reason why we let Byron Jones walk. 
it's not that we weren't big on Byron Jones' talent, but we definitely weren't going to set reset the market for a cornerback and give him a record-breaking deal. One, we couldn't with the fact of having to pay Dak, having to pay Amari Cooper. Two, hey, Byron Jones is a really good corner. I ain't going to say he's a lockdown the side of the field guy, but he's a really good corner. But at the same time, we wasn't paying $82.5 million, fifty-seven guaranteed for him. But, hey, the Dolphins literally almost have no talent, so... Signing any talent is better than what the hell they got over there. But I will say the Dolphins got something brewing over there. They also signed Kyle Van Oy, four years, $51 million. So that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? They signed Kyle Van Oy. They're loading up. They end up getting the edge rusher that they want. Maybe not as, as talented as they want, but they still end up going out there and getting Shaq Lawson, which is a, a big pickup for the Dolphins who have minimal talent, and they also have three first-round picks in this year's draft. So that changes the way that they can look at this first round. They don't have to panic and move up for a quarterback. They don't have to get rid of those. Stack stack the deck. Get all the talent that you could get. Miami could be set up for a very bright future. Maybe not in the next year. Maybe not in the next two. But Miami's setting themselves up for a very, very bright future. Another person I want to get on is Baker Mayfield. Because Baker Mayfield, there will be no excuse and why you suck this year. I don't want to hear nothing. Y'all are going to draft the office alignment. They also went out there and set the market and signed you Austin Hooper. Four years, $44 million, $23 million guaranteed. And they also got you an office alignment in Jack Conklin. There will be no excuses if y'all decide to draft the office alignment or not. There will be no excuses for why Baker Mayfield sucks this year. He will have Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. He will have... Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb in the backfield. He going to have Austin Hooper. Come on, man. If there isn't a quarterback in the league that's wishing he had the talent to throw to like Baker Mayfield does, then I don't know what a quarterback wants because you got arguably the, the best receiving duo. You got two tight ends, which, you know, Austin Hooper was a little bit of an upgrade, but David Njoku was an above average tight end at, at, at the very least. He, he was very good before he got hurt. He wasn't up there, you know, as a top tight end. But he definitely is something that you can definitely consider as definitely a weapon, especially when he's the second tier tight end when you have Austin Hooper. So, Baker Mayfield, there will be no excuses this year. The Cleveland Browns went and got you a new coach. They went and got you some more talent on top of an already talented team that you have. So, therefore, hey, so far them Browns moves that they made is definitely a win in free agency. And there will be no excuse why this team that we already, well, y'all already thought was going to go to the playoffs last year. But it's the Cleveland Browns. They're going to do Cleveland Browns things. But there, now there is no excuse. Y'all think y'all got the guy as a coach. Y'all added another weapon on top of all the weapons that you have. So, therefore, hey, there will be no excuse for the Browns not to make the playoffs. There almost will be no excuse for the Browns not to be the best team in they in the AFC North. They gonna be better than Pittsburgh. They should be better than Pittsburgh. They still also should be better than Baltimore. If Baker Mayfield takes a leap like he should, they'll end up being better than Baltimore and they have the potential to be the best team in their conference. But at the same time, it's the Cleveland Browns and they're gonna do Cleveland Brown things. So at the same time, I guess let's not expect much. And uh I wanna get into that Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. Now, I know I said something about it earlier, comparing it to what the Vikings got for Stephon Diggs as opposed to what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. 
But the Vikings won that trade. I'm sorry. Diggs was unhappy all year. Now, he, he's a really good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. He's not a great wide receiver. He's really good, though. He all-star level, not superstar level. But the Vikings got this year's first, first fifth, and sixth round pick and a fourth in next year. So now the Vikings are going to have two first-round picks. I get it. Buffalo's was in the 20s. But it's still, you have two first-round picks. You can, uh, There's so much talent at wide receiver. You could take that, that first-round pick, that second of the first-round picks, and go ahead and get another receiver. Or you can wait <clears throat> and get a receiver in the second round or even third round. This draft is so loaded on receivers. I damn sure would have took that deal as far as if you offer me a first, fifth, sixth, and fourth in next year for digs and a seventh round pick so to me that's buffalo just saying they was one more weapon away for with for josh allen to really be competing and on top of that tom brady is now leaving the afc east so it's really buffalo's time and i think that's another reason why i think there's another reason why the miami dolphins turned up everybody kind of knew that that tom brady was going to be out of there so they're like hey it's our time to turn up compete and take over the afc east so so it might actually be really good that was a good move for the bills but i want to say the vikings won that trade just for the simple fact they got all them draft picks and that goes to show back again i'm sorry i gotta say it one more time that goes to show how much of a dummy bill o'brien is Goddamn, Stephon Diggs ain't nowhere near as good as DeAndre Hopkins, but look what the hell they gave up for Stephon Diggs, and look what the hell you got for DeAndre Hopkins. That shit is going to falter, and you're going to be pissed off, and I'm telling you, all your fans going to have your job. If not, by the end of this year, at the end of this year, I can promise and trust and believe that. I already know a few Texas fans. My boy Fowler is a huge Texas fan, and I know that man is pissed off off so bill o'brien i hope you got something bigger brewing because i don't know what the hell you doing over there last thing i want to get into is uh the unfortunate thing that you know they the the san francisco 49ers signed eric armstead to a long-term deal but they also traded the forest buckner to the colts for the colts number 13 pick now for the colts i think with them trading their number 13 pick one that's going to show that either they're going to rock with jacoby Brissett for the season and maybe reevaluate the quarterback position next year or there's already a free agent they want in mind i'm hearing it might possibly be philip rivers so i think the colts trading that first round pick was at 13 if we don't get a quarterback there's not a guy better in this draft that we're going to get than deforest buckner and don't forget the colts don't let andrew luck retire and have you forget that the colts are a very talented team so they added talent so you know i definitely applaud the Colts for making that move, and, and now the 49ers, you know, even still with one of the best, with the best D-line in the NFL, they got two first-round picks. I'm sure they're going to address running back, you know, I would imagine, but they, they got two first-round picks, so that's good for a team on the verge of winning the Super Bowl, was a couple plays away from winning the Super Bowl to go out there and get, now you have two first-round picks? That's not a bad move for either team, so I definitely respect it, but that's all I got for y'all today. Y'all like, share, and subscribe to the Up in Flames podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Femi15. That's Mr. Underscore F-E-E-M-E-H 15. You can at me on Twitter if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or takes. And we might be able to get you on the next episode or talk about it on the next episode. So I appreciate y'all for the listen. And stay tuned for the next episode coming out on Saturday. Keep up with the Up in Flames podcast. And on that note, Mo out.